Well, good morning again. As if you probably are already tired from of me at this point in the gathering, but hey, you are in for you know another another several minutes with me. So just hold on. Listen, um, we are in week two of our new series where we are taking a look at God's story and how that intersects with our story. You'll notice the, the, the way that the font was set up so that, it would, so that we could take a look at how those things are the same or, or where those things are the same and then how that might in, in, intersect with your individual story. <clears throat> so today, or well, all through the series, actually, we're going to be talking about what it means to live out a mission of hope in this world. Um, today, specifically, we're going to talk about the church and the role of the church in that. So we're going to start with what is the church, and we're going to look at the scripture that Virginia just read from Acts chapter 2. It's probably verses that you all have heard before. This, I want you to pay attention to, this is what the early church did. This is the start of the early church. I want you to pay attention to the words that say they listened to the teaching. They cared for each other. They shared meals. They prayed for and with each other. They worshiped together. They met in homes to learn and to grow, and they served together, and they served each other. And so does this sound familiar to any of you? If you've been here for very long, I'm sure that you've heard us say that E3 exists to make disciples of Christ. Actually, we tell you week in and week out, usually in the welcome, but that the way we believe that we do this is through worship, groups, and service. So today we're going to spend some time in these buckets, so to speak, and we're going to do, we believe that we do this because of, of Jesus' words in Matthew, actually. And I apologize, I don't have that scripture up there for you. But Matthew 28 says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. These are Jesus' words to the early church, and we believe he was pretty clear with his expectations of what they were supposed to do, of what they were equipped to do, of what they were called to do. So we at E3 do what the early church did because we believe, frankly, that it's what he's called us to do. I want to share with you a quote that we actually have shown um, in the owner's seminar, and I love this quote. It says this, The church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ to make them little Christ. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. This quote tells you almost everything that you would need to know about who we are here at E3, what we do, and why we do it. We are about worship and groups and service because we believe that's the example that was set for us of how to make disciples. And quite frankly, making disciples or little Christ is what we have been called to do. So I want to go back. We're going to dissect the verses from Acts a little bit. And I want to go back to the, uh, Acts chapter 2, the first church worshiped. Pay attention to these words that are bolded for you. Apostles' teaching, prayer, a sense of awe, 
praising God. Does that sound like worship? It does to me. Hopefully you recognize that this is how, this is the language that we use when we're talking about worship here. It is not simply the music that we do, that we sing together. And we, and we try to remember to tell you that worship is more than just music. Yes, it is singing together and singing praises to God, but it is us standing in awe of who he is. It is us praying together and learning together. The early church also met in groups. They met in small groups in each other's homes. They met and ate together so that they could learn and grow alongside each other. Community. They shared meals, shared everything. They met together. This is the reason that we believe growth groups are so important here at E3. This is why we're always looking for more growth group leaders. It's so that we can have more room for more people to get into groups. It's not because we have some quota or some number that we're trying to attain. It's because we believe that this groups is where real life change can happen. That's where real transformation can happen. It can't, here's the thing I know, it can't only happen every seven days when you come to church for a 60 or so minute gathering. If you have a goal and you set yourself a goal to improve your health and you limit your food choices and your exercise choices and confine them to only 60 to 90 minutes a week, how much transformation do you think you would see? If you want to transform into a little Christ, it will take more than that. It will take more than just this. Our hope is that... uh, even our groups aren't satisfied with meeting one or two hours a week. But they would be hungry for more time with each other. And we see that here. Our hope is that groups would connect throughout the week, that they would text each other and check on each other. That they would grab dinner together on nights that their growth group isn't meeting. And maybe not the whole group together, but members of the group. That their lives would become intersected with each other that a member of of the growth group might have something going on in their lives and they don't even need to tell a fellow growth group member because the growth group has been walking so closely with them that they know. I want to tell you a story I heard this week from a woman in our community. I'm not going to tell you who because I didn't ask permission to share the story. But it brought tears to my eyes when, when I heard this. Her mom had to be rushed to the hospital She was in serious condition. I found out about it on Tuesday, which is an incredibly stacked day for me, back-to-back meetings, and I was just torn up that I couldn't physically get there. So I texted her. A couple of other staff members went. And I texted and told her that I would stay in touch. Let me know what you need. This is the text that I got back from from her. Basically, it said, I'm good. The two staff members were here. They prayed. It was beautiful. And furthermore, my growth group is on top of this. My growth group is already talking about having growth group in the hospital cafeteria so that I don't have to miss. That's what a growth group should be about. That's beautiful. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? The early church was also active in service to others. They cared for each other. They met each other's needs. They shared everything. They demonstrated God's goodness 
to everyone. This was through their actions, through their acts of service. Here at E3, we believe that looks like serving at the local church here. That might be on the worship team or in student ministries or kids or serving coffee in the lobby or just being a general part of the hospitality team. But it also extends beyond our walls. We believe it goes to the greater Tallahassee community through things like Serve Tallahassee, the pantry that we do here twice a month. The food drive, the summer food drive that we talked about earlier that Jonathan mentioned. And then we also believe that it goes beyond even Tallahassee. We go out into the world and serve because that's what we believe God was called to do. Just last night, my husband Carl and Michael and Martha Hannah got back pretty late last night from Haiti, from a trip to Haiti. They had plans several months ago to take a, a large team. I was actually supposed to be a part of the team. And there became some civil unrest, as does happen in that area. It happens regularly. But it became... Um, in, the, in the days or the, the weeks plan up to, leading up to planning the trip, it was, it was, we just weren't sure about the safety. And so that we made the decision as leadership, the only, the only, leadership, the only decision that could be made, which is it's, too, it's not safe enough to, to take the whole team. So they had to cancel the trip. But here's the thing. We have people in Haiti that we are partnered with that need our care and our attention, and they had very specific needs that had to be addressed and met. And so Michael and Martha and Carl went anyway. They made the sacrifices, and the families made the sacrifices necessary because they needed to go and demonstrate God's goodness to everyone including a place that was beyond their comfort and perhaps beyond their safety. They're safe. They got back last night. Everything was fine. But this is who we are. We're called to do the same thing that the early church did. Our mission is the same. Our work is the same. I want to show you another quote that we use in the owner's seminar. If you make disciples, you always get the church. But if you make a church, you rarely get disciples. We need to understand the church as the effect of discipleship, not the cause. If you know how to disciple people well, you will always get mission. We are a church who believes and wants to make little Christ. We exist to make disciples. It's that simple. Simple. I say simple. Since the first day of our launch, many of you, if you've been here for ver uh, even, over, even just a few weeks, you heard us mention a few weeks ago that we just celebrated our 15th anniversary. And on the first day of our launch 15 years ago, or since that day, we have always been made up largely of people who were either, they were in one of two camps, mostly, either completely unchurched, or people who had been hurt or marginalized by the church. Now, I'm not talking about the core group of people who started the church, but the invitation, the people who came largely over the 15 years were people who were completely unchurched or had been hurt in some way by the church. 
And that hurt could have just been that another church could not deal with their brokenness. Their brokenness was just too big or too uncomfortable. And so another church didn't extend themselves to care for them. We have always been a place with our brokenness right out on display. There isn't a person that has stood on this stage that hasn't been honest about, their bro- about some brokenness in their life. You'll never hear us say that we've got it all together because no one does. We say that this is our brokenness and that still God chooses us. He chooses to use me. He chooses to use not only staff members, but lay leaders and volunteers here, despite whatever their brokenness is. Your brokenness does not disqualify you from God's love or from being used by him. Let me say that again in case you haven't ever heard that before. Your brokenness, whatever it is, no matter how big or how small, does not disqualify you from God's love or from being used by him. And so you should be on a discipleship journey. We at E3 have always been about invitation. We've always been a place that is looking for more room, more space, more groups, more opportunities to serve because we believe there is always at least one more person who needs an encounter with Jesus. Always. At least one more person. One more person that needs a safe place to go with all of their brokenness to make a connection with Christ and hopefully start a journey of healing toward becoming a little Christ. I want to show you a picture. We've shown it before. In fact, we showed it about a year ago. This is a picture of uh, several of the core members of the people who started this church who are standing around a wall. This is over at our old E3 Mayhem location. And what we're doing there is praying. And what you can't see in the picture but you can see that we're, the focal point is that wall. I remember this moment. I don't see myself in the picture, but I was there. What we are doing is praying over names that we had written on that wall. Names that represented real people in our lives who, we were, e- who were either completely unchurched or worse, had been cast out by another church and just didn't feel they didn't feel like they, that church was a place they could go for comfort and healing. We wanted to make, we agreed to make whatever sacrifice was necessary to be a place for them. We were praying for those specific names, and I remember the names that I personally wrote on that wall. I got the opportunity right before we moved to this location to take a picture of the names that I had written on that wall and that was in 2004. As far as I know, that wall is still standing there and those names are still on there. But we were praying for those names and here's something I want you to hear. We were also praying for you. No, we didn't know who you were, but if you are sitting here today, we were also praying for you, for the people who would come to this place at any point over the years. People we'd never met but trusted that God would bring. And man, did he bring them those first couple weeks. 
It, was an over, it is an overwhelming feeling for me to have been a part of that and then to still stand here in front of you today and know the sacrifices that have been made for this place to still be what it is and for us to still be who we were then, to hold on to the values, the things that we believe make us E3. It's overwhelming to think about 15 years of baptisms and child dedications. I've gotten to not only see it, I've gotten to be a part of several of those over the years. I've gotten to see some of the people who are here now, some of you sitting in these seats, move from a place where you're not even sure if you believe in God not even willing necessarily to acknowledge that a God exists and to see you serving in this community. Not just, not just sitting here week in and week out, but investing in this place. I want to show you another picture, and this one is from last year. It's the same concept. We were in the, we were in the, in the uh, beginning of our One Mission uh, vision campaign. And we challenged every person at this event to write one name on that banner of somebody that they would commit to praying to, somebody who was far from Christ, someone who, had been, who was either completely unchurched or who had been damaged and hurt in some way because of, of someone else's brokenness and they didn't feel like church was a safe place. And we prayed over those names. Think of just one more person that needs the transformation, the transforming love of Christ. Who are those people? And write their names on the banner. We still have that banner. We still pray over those names. The other challenge that we ask these people to do is to not only commit to praying, but to commit to making the sacrifices that have been necessary for them to have that opportunity, for have to, in, to invite those people here and to make this a place where they could feel welcome and comfortable to the degree of feeling and sensing hospitality. Not comfortable in terms of, I, won't, I will come here and not grow and not change. The names on the wall over at Mahan and the names on this batter, uh, banner have a couple things in common. They are all broken people. And they are all loved by a really big God. And they have been placed in our story through you all. They have, been, they have become a part of our story. Now, it hasn't been easy. I could tell you story after story. The Gortneys are here. They were founding members of E3. They would join me in telling you story after story of the obstacles that we had to overcome, particularly in the first year, the first two years. There have been obstacles over every 15, all of the 15 years, including this past year. It has not gotten easier. But we have recognized our own brokenness, and we just simply won't live in fear of it. And furthermore, my commitment to you is we won't live in fear of your brokenness either. It's definitely been hard. Like I said, this is a place that's full of broken people, and here's what I have learned in all of my 
30 plus years of living. Some of you laughed a little too hard. Those are my friends. This is what I know. Broken people break things. Broken people break promises. Broken people break rules. Broken people break hearts. But broken people need desperately to know about the grace and the love of a God that is so big that he would not shy away from that brokenness. He's so big and yet he's so intimate and personal. It is our job to show that grace and that love to each other and to the names on the banner and to the people in our individual stories. We have to invite our broken friends and family into God's story. What is, what is the only other thing that we could do knowing what we know? We have to be the church that worships, that meets together in groups, that serves together because the building itself is not the church. The people in it are the church. I know you've heard this before. This building is not the church. This is the place where we come, where we have convenient opportunities to love each other. And I say convenient because it is easy for me to care about people who have already shown some level of care to me. It is way harder to be the church outside of the safety of these walls. The people in the church are the church, but only if they are trying to become little Christs. Because otherwise, let me tell you, otherwise you're just sitting in cheap seats listening or watching a good show. We've got decent music. We've got really good coffee. Hopefully we have some compelling teaching. But we have to be more about more than just that. I believe in this church with everything that I am. I have poured myself into this church for 15 years because I love it. And because of what I have seen God do through this place. And I believe that he has got a lot more to do in this place, through me, through you. I believe it so much that I'm continuing to sacrifice so much. And I'm not the only one. I'm just the one with the microphone. This is who E3 is. It is who we have always been. And it is, it is who we will always be. E3's vision says, E3 will be an irresistible community of radically transformed followers of Jesus, dwelling in the place where deep faith, authentic community, and emerging culture meet. We will be followers of Jesus. We will be disciples. We will be little Christ. That will be our goal. That will be our expectation of each other. 
the church, this church, our church doesn't do mission, it is mission. And our mission is about life transformation for ourselves, for our family, for our friends, and for the world. So what does a church who is mission look like? These are some things that I think that it might look like. We believe that a church who is mission is made up of people who commit to sharing the gospel message. We hold the truth to the greatest love story that has ever been told. Why in the world would we want to keep that to ourselves? We do not hesitate to tell people about the good books we've read or the good movies that we have seen. This is the greatest story, true story that has ever been told. Why would we not tell that to everybody and give it five-star ratings across the board? We believe that a church who is mission is committed to becoming disciples of Jesus by worshiping, growing, and serving together. We believe that these are the, the ways that you become a, a, a disciple of Jesus. We believe that's what he modeled for us. And being a follower of, him, of his means following in his footsteps. So doing what he did. And scripture is full of examples of him worshiping his father of him meeting together in smaller groups with broken people and with serving. We believe that we must commit to loving and taking care of others, sacrificing our time and our resources when necessary, opening up our homes and sharing meals, moving our growth group to the cafeteria of the hospital, doing life together, not just on Sundays, but life all of the days when it's hard, outside of this place. We believe that we must be people who commit to practicing forgiveness and reconciliation. Wherever you find more than two people, you will find lots of opportunities to practice forgiveness and reconciliation. More than two people, there will be opportunities. Can I get an amen? That's been my experience. Maybe I'm just the catalyst of all of those dis disrupt disruptions. Just, uh, yeah, I don't think so, but maybe. It's even been my experience this week. Like I said, broken people break things. We screw up and we get it wrong. And I have done that this very week. Being in leadership does not make you exempt from making mistakes. In fact, it just highlights them. <laughs> we commit to holding each other accountable to love, mercy, and compassion. And so when I caused pain this week, I needed the person who came to me and said, you know what? You could have shown a little more compassion in that area. You could have shown a little more love and a little more grace, and I know you have it in you but you miss the mark. I need that accountability. We have to commit to practicing hospitality and often forsaking our own comforts and preferences. I believe I should have asked permission to share this, but I know it's been shared many times on this stage, and it's about Jim and Amy Gortney. Maybe they're tired of hearing this story, but like I mentioned, they are founding members of this church. They have been a part of a lot of churches. 
And I would be surprised if they, over the last 15 years, said that this is their favorite style of musical worship. That this is the best um, teaching that they've ever heard or the best space that they've ever sat in. But since before day one, they said, we're not looking for a place for us to be comfortable. We're looking for a way to make other people comfortable. And all 15 years of this church, they have made those sacrifices. I admire that so much. I admire that so much when I, when I have thought, had the thought over the years of something that I wish was different or better because I made it about me. I made it about my preferences and lost sight of the fact of what we are supposed to be doing here. One of the things that I am most proud of, and I get to hear this a lot, is how hospitable, how welcome people feel when they come into this space, how hospitable we are. Now, not all of those people stay, but I do hear, I do get to hear those comments a lot that when they came and visited for the first time, that they felt welcome. They felt warmth coming from this place. Sure, we don't always get it right. I hear some of those comments too, but more often than not, we hear about how, how this is a place where people walk in and they feel something different. They're welcomed, they're talked to, they're embraced, they're showed around. They're, they're extended, just common hospitality. Like, like you would all do at your homes if someone was coming to visit you. That takes people stepping out of their places of comfort and laying down their preferences and putting other people first, and I love that. It is only when we're committed to these things, to worshiping and sharing and growing together, all of these things, forgiveness, mercy, all of these things involve others. The church exists for others. So it can, only, it can only be when we're committed to these things can we be who we're supposed to be. Now, I mentioned, um, and I showed a picture of the One Mission banner a year ago. We started, if you've, been, if you've been here for a while, you remember we started the One Mission campaign. It was a vision campaign that revolved around the idea that, like I said earlier, there will always be room for one more, one other person who needs an encounter with Jesus. We set a goal to make more room, to improve the spaces and the experiences here so that we could reach more people in a clear and engaging way. To date, some of the ways that that has played out is the upgrades to the lobby, which I think looks phenomenal, and it's not done yet. Painting in this space, also we've improved, drastically improved the sound quality of this space by investing in a, a soundboard that is adequate for our size room. And I also, we're getting ready to paint student ministries. And I have recently, just in the last couple weeks, seen the phenomenal drawings of what the E3 kids space is going to be. Oh my gosh, I am beyond excited. I wish that they were in a, in a place where I was able to show them to you right now, but we will commit to doing that. We made a commitment not to take on additional debt in this campaign. So I, I want you to hear this from me. If you, are, if you made a pledge, please remain faithful to those pledges. 
Every dollar matters and gets us closer to the goal that we had. I believe that we're going to be sending out some one-mission statements soon, but don't, if you don't have to wait for that. You can log into my three and see where you're at in your giving versus what you had pledged. We've heard the stories. I heard this, a story recently of somebody who served all day at the block party, gave of his time, and he was a name that was on the One Mission banner a year ago. That's just one story. Some of you are here because you're somebody's name. People made sacrifices. And people are still making sacrifices. And if you have just joined this church in the last 12 months, I want to tell you, you have not missed out. There is always an invitation for you to be a part of this. This is an invitation from me to you to join the rest of the church. In this campaign, there's information on the tables around this room, and there will be out at the welcome booth as well. You can also connect with me directly via email, or I'll sit down and have coffee with you and tell you what, more about what this One Mission campaign is. There are opportunities for you to get involved. I get the privilege of standing here and saying, I know what we committed to 15 years ago, and I've gotten to see the transformation in hundreds upon hundreds of people over 15 years. But the reality is, the truth is, we all have an opportunity, you all have an opportunity now to look back a year from now or 10 or 15 years from now, and see the impact of your prayers and the sacrifices that you make, the way that you have modeled your life and become more like a little Christ, and the way that has influenced those people around you, you get the opportunity to look back and celebrate and see what God has done in you. As a founding member of this church, I know I've said that several times. It's because I'm proud of that. I got to tell you, though, I had no idea what we were getting into 15 years ago. But it has been an incredible ride. Yes, it has been a roller coaster. Yes, there have been ups and downs. But it has been an incredible ride. So the thing that I would say to you right now is if you are if you are here and you are all in and you are planning to be here either f even for one more week, hold on tight and watch what God does in this place. I promise you, you will be amazed and you will be overwhelmed at the way God uses you in some way in this place. You will not want to miss that.